The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. <coughs> Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Like many stories in the Bible, this morning's gospel leaves us with a few questions. And maybe the biggest one is why? Why is Jesus, of all people, being baptized. We already know he's the Son of God, the Messiah, who has fulfilled the ancient prophecy. We've already called him Emmanuel, God with us. So what's going on here? Many of us have heard about believers' baptism, an affirmation or acceptance of what God has done in a person's life. We often think of that as something that Baptists practice. But even within Lutheranism, if a person comes to know God's love and hasn't already been baptized, he or she is invited to come to the font. And our youth who were baptized in our congregations as infants or early in childhood often affirm their baptisms at confirmation. But what Matthew describes isn't a believer's baptism. In our Lutheran understanding, baptism is a sacrament where an earthly element of water is joined with the word of God where the resurrected Jesus commands us to go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And in baptism, our sins and evil desires are drowned, and we are raised to new life as children of God. But what Matthew describes here isn't a Christian baptism for the forgiveness of sins either. Instead, what we witness in Matthew's account is the Jewish Jesus humbling himself to be baptized in order to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus is being obedient to God, bringing to completion the will of God and upholding God's faithfulness to Israel. 
In one of his sermons on this text, Martin Luther says, Jesus doesn't have to submit to baptism, but he does anyway. He does more than what is required. The gospel frees us from the law, but it always invites us to do more than what is required, not less. Today, during worship together, we will affirm our baptisms, renouncing the forces that draw us away from God and recalling that baptism is our inauguration into a new life in Christ. We are called to the same obedience and faithfulness that Jesus demonstrated as we follow him in our lives. Living as God's beloved sons and daughters, we respond to God's activity in our lives, and we are called to share the good news of God's love with all the people that we meet. You may remember that since October, I have been participating in clinical pastoral education at the hospital. Part of that work includes visiting patients as one of the hospital chaplains. And one of my chaplain colleagues recently shared a story of a young woman who had been admitted. She wasn't especially supported by family or friends, but during her stay, the nurses on her floor befriended her, and two of the other chaplains visited regularly. And as this young woman experienced the unconditional love of these nurses and chaplains, she made a discovery. She discovered she was loved by God. And before she left the hospital, she asked to be baptized. Everyone needs to hear that they are God's beloved child, loved unconditionally, precious. That is the work we are baptized into and freed by the gospel to do. Thankfully, we don't do this work alone. It is always done with God's help, and it is always done in community. So it makes sense that this morning, after we affirm our baptisms, we'll also promise to pray for the leaders in our congregation who are beginning a new year as the Congregation Council. These six folks have agreed to serve on council, but the work of the church belongs to every one of us. Another way to understand Jesus' baptism is to see it as God christening his public ministry in the world. And in that same way, as we begin this new year, we too are christening the ministry that is ahead of us. <clears throat> the very work where we will meet people who have never heard or believed that they are loved by God or anyone else. The very work where we will give out of what we have first been given to meet the needs of the neighbor, the widow, the orphan, and the stranger. And the very work where we will tend the sick, give rest to the weary, and comfort the afflicted. And it is in this work, together as church, where our faith is most active and alive, where we most clearly see the God who calls us beloved.
Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for your son Jesus, who humbled himself to live among us. We give you thanks for the promises of forgiveness and new life that you make to every one of us. Most of all, we give you thanks for the merciful love you give us, making us your own children. Show us how to use the gifts you have given us and encourage us to share your love with others, that they too will know they are loved. Help us hear your voice in our lives and teach us to follow your Son. We pray in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.